Welcome DC Comics to episode 90 of the DC Comics News Podcast. Um, the ladies and Seth are away due to work and health issues, so we love you guys, we miss you, but worry not, dear listener. With me tonight is the other half of the all-new dynamic new duo of Bradman and Steve-O, Mr. Brad Filicky. How are you, my friend? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. Hope everybody who's listening is good as well. Yes, indeed. That's what we want in this strange current climate for everyone to be hail hearty and as well and as happy as possible. But this episode will help. We have news. Oh, boy, do we have news. Movie news, TV and streaming news, comic book news and one other little item which uh, is very interesting indeed. But we'll start off with the big screen news, starting off with... Um, brilliant Michael B. Jordan, the Killmonger of Black Panther fame, is going to be co-producing a movie starring Static Shock. This sounds electrifying, Brad. What do you make of it? I I love this because I, having uh, a name like Michael B. Jordan behind it is really going to give it some even more cred than it already has. Not that it doesn't as far as the movie goes, but in the Hollywood circles, Static Shock might not be such a well-known character as others. So there might be some kind of, I w- not, not resistance, but just a certain sense of not willing to commit to the unknown. But with Michael P. Jordan pushing that, and it, it's just great news. And He's so right when he says that, you know, it's time for a Static Shock movie that he wants to show that, you know, show the community um, that that they can have these African-American superheroes. I think the time is perfect for a Static Shock movie and his name behind it is just makes it all that more powerful. So I'm I'm really excited to see this come together. Hopefully this will be, you know, one of those movies kind of like the Batman and Wonder Woman 1984 that we've been talking about on this podcast almost every week as new news develops. So I, I can't wait till that happens with this one. Uh, what'd you make of it? Oh, exactly the same. Uh, and let's not forget that this guy is a, a genuine star. Um, Creed. I mean, I've been a fan of his since Chronicle, since the uh, underground uh, superpower movie he did back in the day with Josh Trank. And people may knock um, Josh Trank's Fantastic Four movie, but I do think Michael B. Jordan was great in that. And um, there was rumours for a while that he might be President Superman, which also would have been cool. But the fact he's getting on board behind the camera for this one is huge. And like I said, so important. And with the new milestone comics coming and these characters being thrust into the spotlight again uh, great potentials for more comic book sales uh, these brilliant characters getting more of the limelight so yeah i'm really really happy about this um it, it's good news every which way you look at it it is really really good news what isn't so good is the fact that even paddy jenkins now isn't completely sure oh this hurts that we will be getting Wonder Woman for Christmas after all. Brad, are you as heartbroken about this as I am? Well, Patty, I say welcome to the club because I'm not so certain that we'll see this at Christmas either. And it really, uh, really bums me out. And just on a uh, kind of personal level, it's always been a tradition when I go visit my family I see a movie with my brother-in-law and this was one that I was hoping that we could see because it would be perfect timing. And I, you know, I, I, my fingers are crossed and, you know, Patty says, so oh, I think it's possible. Well, I really hope that it's possible too. And I really hope that, uh, that we do get to see this because I really, I, I really do want to experience this, uh, on the big screen. And I hope that we, we get a chance to do that. So, uh, fingers crossed and, uh, and you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. It seems like every day the story changes with COVID. So we just kind of got to uh, kind of got to wait and see and hope for the best. What about you? Yeah, even when I'm not on the show, I listen to it. And you said something which, which I agree with wholeheartedly on the last episode, that this is the kind of movie that you really need to see an experience. Cause it's more than just seeing it in the theatre. You experience a completely different a piece of art when you see it on the big screen and this is a big screen 
movie. I mean, have you actually been to the theatres since they reopened at all? Well, I have, but I don't know if it really counts. In in, uh, in the town where I live, they have these really three small cinemas, and it doesn't fit many people, and they have reopened. And I've gone to see uh, Tenet and New Mutants, and I, mm. I was the only other person in the theater, so oh, I felt wow. completely safe, and, and it was very clean. But you just can't. You just can't keep me away from the movies. Um, if there's, you know, if they open up, I, I, I wanna, I wanna take my hand sanitizer and my mask and be as careful as I can. But it was a theater that I trusted because it was small. Now, would I trust a big, big theater at this point? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say definitely not for a movie I've already seen. But for something like Wonder Woman, it would have to be a, a theater by theater basis. Okay. Have you? I haven't, no, because um, the closest movie theatre to me is an IMAX in Wimbledon, and and it's a big one. It's like a 10-screen multiplex, and it still really worries me. But I I feel horrible about that because this industry and uh, live-action theatre shows in the West End and on Broadway – are really suffering and so the creators artists and actors behind them and i really want to go but um even though i was very interested in tenet and i'm a huge christopher nolan fan it's not a film that drew me enough to go to the theaters for and as for new mutants um i'm all marveled out i will be completely honest I, I think I'll I'll wait till that hits TV. But Wonder Woman is a film I need to see, and, and that's the film I think that would have drawn me back. But if yeah. it's not happening now, I, I, and it's scary. I, mean, I know we say that you feel safe in the smaller theatre, and that's a big plus for me because that's part of my reasons for not going. I, I am very anxious about it. But is it also a little bit heartbreaking for you to be one of just two people in the cinema? It, that's that's quite sad as well. Oh, yeah. Um, it, 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 uh, it did. And, uh, you know, I, I'd like to think I'm like Seth and I'm very mm. optimistic. So I think that even if it's a little incremental, even if the theaters are open, that hopefully it's just a matter of comfort level and just, yeah. you know, over here in America, I think the thing that's really frustrating, and, and not to go down a political hole here, but there <laughs> really, I think there really, yeah, there really needs to be some more COVID relief because that would make me feel better. Not only what they may do to individual citizens, but if they can help these struggling places like these theaters out, it would be such a relief because then we wouldn't have to worry about them completely closing when things do get Mm -hmm. back, you know? So uh, I would really like to see that happen as well. Yeah. That would be a little less heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Cause you feel for the people who work there. Um, Cause one of the UK's biggest chains um, has closed down completely, um, which absolutely terrifies me. But what can you do in the big, companies the big production houses the big studios won't release their movies in the theater and when they do we get a, a movie which should have been a surefire blockbuster hit like tenet um not performing anywhere close to how they expected to and i do want wonder woman to really succeed so oh, it hurts that it's being yeah. delayed but i'd rather it was delayed and did the numbers it deserves to than right. the other and- and that is heartbreaking, too, is the fact yeah. that Tenet deserved to make a lot mm-hmm. of money. It deserved to have been a blockbuster that everybody's talking about. And yeah. now it's just it's um, it's a shame. I'm hoping that, you know, somehow the reputation of the movie will, you know, build back once it hits, you know, streaming services and VOD, because I don't I don't think it's there yet over here where you can rent it or anything like that. So mm-hmm. maybe that'll breathe some more life into it because it is, I, I did enjoy it and I do think that it deserves a wide audience. So, you know, so we'll see, but yeah. And I mentioned before that it's like, you know, the movie studios and the movie theaters are playing chicken because yeah. the movie theaters don't want to open if they don't have blockbusters and the movies don't want to 
put the movies in the, the studios don't want to put yeah. the movies in the theater Absolutely. if they're not if if there's not going to be butts in seats so it's it's totally understandable it's just it's just such a shame it's a real catch-22 situation it really really is but um again better late than never i will happily we've waited since what is supposed to be out this past summer so yeah. um Christmas would have been a good time for it, like you said, for family and many people I know have that tradition of going to the movies at Christmas. But hey, maybe a spring or summer blockbuster is the way it's going to go, and it'll be uh, almost a year to the day of the initial release. So, oh man! Right, something to be a bit more positive about though is is things are moving forward with. Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam movie in a new casting and a very interesting sounding casting choice with Sarah Shahi joining the cast of Black Adam. What do you make of this story? You know, I, I, I'm really happy for her because, you know, back in the late 2000s, it looked like her star was really going to rise and, and um, you know, that she was going to be almost a household name uh I, I i i've seen episodes that she's been on of l word l word and a few fairly legal and i always always liked her work and i always thought that there would be we, we'd have more to hear from her so it, it's good to see that she she's coming back and you know black adam does have the potential to be uh you know a blockbuster and it could bring new life to her acting career she if she wanted it, because sometimes, you know, actors and actresses fall out in, of acting for personal reasons. So maybe it's just that she's just ready to come back. But, you know, to that, I say, welcome back and let your star continue to rise. And the character seems interesting. Uh, the university professor turned freedom fighter who is leading the resistance. So, yeah, I, I'm curious about what this who this character is and, and what she means for the plot. So, yeah, yeah, uh, I'm digging this news. What about you? Oh, totally. I mean, that whole idea actually gives us finally some kind of clue as to where the story might be, because all we're getting really is hints and really exciting teases about Hawkman and the Justice Society and Black Adam as an anti-hero and whatever else. But now we're actually starting to see the bare bones of where the plot might go. And that sounds fascinating. And yeah, she's been a, a great part of a couple of really well-known shows. So if this thrusts her into the, the big league status, then brilliant. It's fantastic. And she's joining a stellar cast. And what could be more of a box office draw for this? Honestly, if you're not a comic book fan, who will have heard of Black Adam? But now that Dwayne Johnson's behind it, um, what could be more of a draw for this movie and for this character? I mean, it's it's got to be exciting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He, he's arguably the biggest action star in the world right now. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And it's early enough in the production. Mm. You know, it, it, it got kind of pushed off the release schedule. But... Yes. I, I think in the long run, maybe that'll work in its benefit because it might we might have a release date for this that is completely realistic, both mm-hmm. with with COVID and where yeah. the production is. So I think that's uh, I, I think that's almost a good thing. So I think that, that this is this is some good news coming from the Black Adam camp. Yeah, and the fact we're getting casting news almost on a weekly basis from this movie when for 10 years all we got was Dwayne coming yeah. out saying, guys, fans, listen, this film is coming, I promise you, it's coming, I promise you, it's coming. And everyone's going, yeah, we've heard that before. But now right. solid, regular news, um, it's what we want to hear, definitely. And uh, something else that uh, I want to hear, particularly being the biggest bat nerd I know, is that even though the UK uh, restrictions have actually increased and we've gone one stage further back towards a lockdown scenario, the Batman is continuing filming in Liverpool. And I've seen some iconic shots of, of uh, Rob Pattinson's stunt double standing on top of the famous cathedral in Liverpool and uh, he and uh, Zoe Kravitz on motorbikes and, and several other things. So I am getting super super excited what about you brad yes 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 i am if there's any production that i am happy is is back on it is this because that trailer just 
blew me away. It blew everyone away. Yeah, and I, uh, yeah, I, I think we were all kind of gobsmacked by that trailer. And, uh, I, and one thing about it that I that kind of blew me away too is the fact that they showed so much of the plot. Not that we could discern it, but it seemed like there were things happening in different parts in that movie that they, it just amazed me that they had that much captured on film already when so much filming in other locations had to be done. And that just makes me wonder how incredible is it going to be when we get to see this other footage from these new places, it's going to, it's just going to blow us away all over again. So I'm just so excited to see this move forward, even though we have to wait four more months, five more months, whatever it may be. Um, I'm, I'm super excited that this is, that this is moving forward. So full speed ahead. What was your take? Atomic batteries, the power turbines, the speed, full speed ahead. (laughs) Absolutely. And it's great that they're filming over here because every day some friends and colleagues and the little insiders I have in the production team are dropping little slices and little tidbits. And I don't know if you saw on our uh, chat group that uh, there's a shot of someone not just in a cape, but in a full Superman costume walking around yes. the Liverpool set. I mean, is that a tease? Is that a red herring? Or is that an OMG moment? I mean, what did you make of that? Yeah. I... I... I think that um, that it was a nice little Easter egg. Yeah. Uh, and I and it'll be really cool to see how many others there are because I'm curious too. Going back to the trailer, when it comes to little, I mean, this is probably not going to be an Easter egg. There probably is a very real reason why those the the gang that he confronts are painted up like Batman villains because he had one that looks like the Joker and one like Two Face. So I'm really curious to see how those kind of Easter egg things are weaved into uh, the plot. It's going to be one of those things where you're going to go and want to see it three and four times to see all the Easter eggs because I'm sure there's going to be a ton. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about those little details. Well, Batman movies are the ones I always see more than once yeah. in the theatre, yeah. much to right, my wife's right. disdain, bless her. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, oh, Steve, come on, you've seen it. What, why do you have to get it? It's Batman. Come on. <laughs> have you, do you know me? Have you met me? Have you been married to me for the last 27 years? It's Batman. Right. <laughs> but um yeah and filming over here oh for once i'm not that sad that i'm in the uk because i get to see stuff like that but um mm-hmm. hey uh you guys over on the other side of the pond are gonna get your chance to because the sets are going up in the real gotham chi town chicago um things are happening that looks great too would you make of that part yeah once again this is just it's amazing that that this is this is happening this is like maybe the light at the end of the tunnel of the whole covid situation that this is being built and and in america where it hasn't been easy to do filming of any sort and the pictures look uh kind of cool um you know and did you see the one where the guy in the vest that says vengeance compliance team? That's kind of interesting. Yes, that's that's like really, that. that's really cool. I got a kick out of that. Um, yeah, it, it's, and it, I love that Chicago has become the new Gotham between Christopher Nolan and now, and now this movie, I think that that's, that's kind of good for the city of Chicago. Cause here in New York, we have, um, we kind of have a, uh, saying that below 14th Street is Gotham and above 14th Street is Metropolis and Chicago kind of mixes both of those so I think it's a perfect location yeah absolutely that because obviously let's remember that back in 1939 when Batman first debuted he was in New York and, and that area of New York was historically called Gotham so um, while people complained about Gotham and uh, Metropolis being across the bay from each other in Batman vs Superman, for me it made perfect sense because they call uh, Metropolis the big apricot in the comic books. So that's clearly, to me, Manhattan, the shiny area, the the, the, the bright, uh, sparkly, glitzy side of New York. And 
Um, for me, Gotham was, like you said, Lower East Side, Hell's Kitchen, the Bronx, and, and everywhere else that was slightly more down to earth and real and urban. And I think that's that's great. And Chicago does have that aspect of being a bit of both. Uh, what I loved about Gotham as a show was the fact that it relied on the real streets of New York rather than sets and CGI and gimmickry. That's what made it so huge and cinematic. So Chicago, it's my kind of town, definitely. Yeah. Um, after New York, of course. New York's the one other city apart from London I could actually see myself living in. Um, yeah. So, yeah, very exciting times. Now, um, is it me... Or is Captain Boomerang actor Jay Courtney a little bit behind the times when he says that the Suicide Squad isn't really a strict sequel? Um, have they not been saying that since they started making it? <laughs> Brad, what do you think about Mr. Courtney's thoughts? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I thought, yeah, but this, this is what they've been saying since, you know, probably since the script was written, you know, even when maybe even when James Gunn jumped on board and they saw his ideas um and i i i think that that's a way that they kind of had to go because overall the response to suicide squad from a critical level was so negative so the only way that they were going to be able to jump in was to say this is something kind of completely different and i i think that overall james gunn's aesthetic is is way different than the first Suicide Squad, and um, and I, I and I almost think that his aesthetic is more in line with what the tone of what Suicide Squad kind of has been in the comics for a while. So the fact that they're not going to do a direct sequel makes complete sense, um, you know. But. What does that exactly mean? Other than mm. I guess they're just saying that, you know, these are going to be some of the same characters, but we're really not going to reference the first movie at all kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's not surprising. It was kind of a non-news news item. What was your take? Yeah, exactly the same. But um, like you said, and, and it's very interesting that what, what do they mean when they say that? I mean, Maybe I'm just being too completely fanboy here and reading things that aren't there and crazy wish fulfillment. But with all the talk of Michael Keaton and Christian Bale and other Batman actors appearing in a Flash movie, is this not actually a direct sequel because it's not our Suicide Squad? Or it isn't the Suicide Squad of the first movie, it's another multi multiverse, another parallel Earth? Suicide Squad, um, are they literally just teasing us and teasing us with this whole metaverse, multiverse thing that they're doing? And now that Marvel seem to be latching onto after the success of Into the Spider-Verse, where now they're talking that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield might be appearing in the next Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland. Um, has the world gone multiple Earths mad? I mean, do you think that might be part of it, or am I just being crazy Steve as usual? You know what I think... Uh... I think it is. I, I, I think that this is because of a few things. I think as far as DC goes, one of the major things that has been very important for the future of DC movies was the fact that Justice League was not a hit like mm -hmm. they wanted it to Definitely. be because it forced them to change their approach about everything. And also, I think that superhero fiction and some of its, you know, tropes, you know, time travel, uh, multiple universes, things like that, has become much more mainstream and common knowledge for the average moviegoer that they can do things like this. And that's why it is so smart that DC really doubled down on that, you know, between fandom and how they're handling and crisis on the infinite earth and how they're handling the idea of multiverse be between all these different platforms and publishing that they're doing. It's so smart. And, and, and in fact, I, I think that now DC is driving the car with the success of the Marvel movies. It, Marvel was, but now it seems like those tables have turned because thanks to COVID uh, Marvel's kind of lost its momentum. They weren't able to get, um, uh, you know, Black Widow out there to start phase four. And mm. 
none of the TV shows have been released yet, and it seems a little unfocused now. Whereas DC has really took it upon themselves to um, respect audiences' intelligence and being able to grasp the concept of a multiverse, and they're just running with it, and God bless them because they're doing a, a great job. Said it once, I'll say it again, it's a great time to be a DC fan. Oh, never have truer words been said. And let's not forget that the multiverse, the whole concept of it in comic books goes all the way back to the Flash of Two Worlds. And that's the thing that started it all. And I mean, obviously, you've seen the Crisis on Infinite Earths five-parter, and it was so ambitious. And the way they pulled it off was absolutely terrific to to the state of having uh, both Brandon Routh and... uh, Tyler Hecklin as Superman on screen at the same time just blew my mind. It was absolutely fantastic. So, and the audience has embraced it, um, particularly. Right, and yeah. I was gonna say that was, and that was the super important thing about it yeah, that they did, that they did, that it was so well received. And so much fun. So if they manage to do that bigger, bolder, brighter on the big screen, then yeah, I, I'm, I'm all in. Cannot wait. Right, so that was the last of our big screen stories. So let's shrink things down a little and let's talk TV. And again, uh, happy news for me. And this thing is a mean looking machine. Um, Photos have emerged from set and we have seen for the first time ever something that doesn't even exist in the comic books. Batwoman's Batmobile and I Love it. What about you, Brad? Yeah, I love it. The more that's come out about the second season, they're not they're not pulling any punches. They're going to make this, you know, uh, a name for the fences, uh, swing for the fences kind of season for the show. And I think fans are going to be on board. Uh, you know, I, I think that it's such a, a dramatic change, but I think once again, it, it respects fans' intelligence. And this Batmobile looks really cool so yeah i think i think that um this just kind of hypes up my excitement for the second season uh and and i know that that you at first had your doubts about the second season so i'm wondering if this has made it you know if you made it more you more excited for it oh oh, totally i I mean since jabisha was cast even though i didn't want a new character under the cow her excitement and everything, like you said, the, the, the CW seems to be really going all out because I know that a lot of fan reaction, including mine, I'm, I'm not going to deny it, including mine was extremely negative when we heard that not not just Ruby Rose was leaving, that, that was bad enough, but the fact that it wouldn't be Kate Kane because, you know, I'm a huge Kate Kane fan. I love the character. I think it's a complete travesty. She doesn't have her own book and then she's just appearing as guests in other people's. But um, it seems that they are really moving forward and trying to do something special to bring the fans back in, get their interest back on board. And hey, it's working because this Batmobile... I love black and red. I think the Batman Beyond costume is awesome. I think Adam West's Batmobile, the black with the red trim, just looks superb. And this Batwoman Batmobile is embracing that. It's looking more like her costume. He's got the bat, red bat emblem at the front on the hood and those lights underneath that make it look like a UFO. Bam, that's cool. It's so cool. It's like Batman went to West Coast Customs and and got his ride pimped out by um, the the whole gang. (laughs) (laughs) Did you used to watch him my ride? It's like Batman got his ride pimped. Right, right. (laughs) I love it. So, yeah, uh, I was an A-sayer, but I'm starting to rethink it. And, yep, I'm definitely going to give it a try. And not just because of the Batmobile because of Javisha Leslie as well, and because I see that the CDW are really, really going all out to make this season work. So I've got to give it a try, just to respect the the people behind it. Absolutely. Um, One thing that didn't get a try, and I have seen this pilot, it's nowhere near as bad as people made out, 
Um, finally, after many years, Adrian Pelicki, um, Mockingbird from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., has come out and spoken about her Wonder Woman TV pilot, which never made it past the pilot. It was never actually officially aired. Uh, what do you think of her thoughts and her comments? Yeah, it's very, it was very thoughtful. And, man, I, I would not blame her for being bitter that it never got the chance it deserved, because given what has happened since then with the character of wonder woman she could have been at the forefront of this revival that we are seeing she could have been part of that even back then so it's kind of a wonder that she's not bitter but well, i see what I you really did like there. it was a wonder because <laughs> she's not bitter yep, like that. yep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> but um yeah, I think that she's made her peace with it. And um, yeah, I've seen the pilot too. And it is a shame that we didn't get to see see more of it. I, I, I think those pictures of her and, and the costume that were released kind of didn't help things. As I, I think the reaction to it wasn't wasn't the best. And, you know, that's that it's just a shame. But I'm glad that she didn't let it hold her back. What do you think? Oh, I'm in complete agreement. I've seen much worse pilots than that one. I really have. And some of them went to series. So uh, I was just disappointed because, again, uh, Wonder Woman is a character I adore. I think she's, even though she's one of the biggest characters in all of comics history, she's one of the very few who's had consistent publications, news stories made about her for 80 plus years. Um, not many characters can say that. It is testament to how brilliantly imagined and created she was. So even though um, it, it didn't take off, that that actually made me quite sad. I, I would have liked to have had a Wonder Woman TV show um, because, again, as a child growing up, I, the, the Linda Carter show was something, even though it's not aged very well, I still love dearly and have very fond memories of. So it, it's sad that we haven't seen her uh, maybe on a CW show, but do you not think this is an extremely weird timing to be talking about something that didn't work all these years ago? Again, could we be seeing her return to the role in a multiple Earths uh, crossover of, of some magnitude on the CW, which they seem to be doing? They always do an annual crossover. Are they bringing her into the spotlight because that might be something that's happening, do you think? That would be amazing <laughs> and, and quite possible because, like, you know, like we just Why said, this come know, up? said that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and the multiverse is the is the way to go these days. It's what's in. So why not? If she's if she's willing to come back and they can, you know, do, you know, squeeze it into a crossover or even if it's just um, like on a few Flash episodes, yeah. uh, that would work, too. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I'd, 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 I'd love to see that happen. I mean, because that's the first thing that crossed my mind. I think, well, why are we talking about? the failed pilot of, of Wonder Woman now, of all things. But, hey, whatever happens, um, she's a cracking actress. She's definitely a real-life Amazon, so all, all, all power to her, I say. So let's see. Let's see what happens. And something big is happening with HBO Max and people who are worried about the uh, sad uh, demise of the TV side of DC Universe can um, clap again because they're going to air the original seasons of Titans, uh, Young Justice Outsiders and Stargirl, which of course will lead to the new seasons of Young Justice Phantoms and Titans Season 3 and hopefully Stargirl Season 2 as well. HBO Max is going DC. Good news, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I've said again and again, <laughs> That I, I want to see my big concern about the ending of DC streaming services that I don't know what's going to happen to these older shows. And granted, these are new shows, but maybe it's kind of like the beginning of them moving things over now that it's kind of official and it's we know what's going to happen with DC Universe and we kind of know when maybe now this is the beginning of the transition of all that content over to HBO Max. So. I'm hoping that we get more news like this in 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 the weeks ahead, uh, because really, to me, the more DC stuff that ends up on HBO Max, the more HBO Max becomes a platform that I yeah. visit. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I think the DC stuff is one of the major reasons why I go to that. So, you know, yeah, the more content, the better. Absolutely. Here, here. Well said, sir. Um, yeah. And fingers crossed we'll actually get HBO Max on this side of the universe. So that's even more positive news. I mean, I'm really happy that DC Universe, um, the comic book side, is is going global too. So ooh, if we could get the TV and the movies as well, I'll be one happy British bat fan and DC denizen. I cannot wait to see more. And we are going to be seeing lots, lots, lots more because my one of my favorite surprise hits a show that i didn't really want until i started watching it we finally had a teaser trailer for pennyworth season two and damn can these people not cut a break <laughs> what did you make of this story brad oh right uh, you know I, uh, I i i really liked that they mentioned uh arkham asylum i thought that was uh oh yes nice, yeah i love I, I love that this just makes me now i i'm i'm about halfway through pennyworth so watching this little trailer makes me again i i wish i didn't have to sleep I want to invent the <laughs> potion, the drug, or whatever it may be. Right. I don't have I'm to so sleep so that I can keep up with all this amazing content that's out there. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to have to. I, I think we we're getting this on December 1st. So that gives me, that should give me time to get caught up to be, uh, to be prepared. Uh, what do you think? It, it, we talk about this a lot. When we were growing up, there were no. Uh, comics related tv shows and very few movies and now we are so spoiled for choice and particularly as dc fans i mean i, I was heartbroken at the loss of the netflix marvel shows i thought daredevil and punisher in particular were absolutely stellar and they showed that Marvel could do the down-to-earth gritty stuff almost as well as DC, and in some places every bit as well as DC. But they've, they've fallen by the wayside, and DC are absolutely killing it. I mean, I'm even hopeful of more something now that they're airing season one on the CW, and it seems to be doing quite well. So, oh man, you said it, Brad, at the top of the show, it's a great time to be a DC fan, and as a Batman fan and as someone who was blown away by season one of Pennyworth when I totally expected it to be a shambles and, and wasn't expecting much of it at all, the whole way they're treating it as a grown-up show, as a political thriller, as a parallel world uh, look at a different 60s, um, it, it just blew me away. And if you're halfway through, um, if you're where I think you are one more episode and i think you'll devour the rest in one sitting because the last half of the season dude it is stellar noted noted oh baby i am counting the days until december and um finding some nefarious way of of seeing it over here because we we didn't get that show uh i i just had people that know some people that do naughty things um so i managed to watch it over here um but then it came out on a a pay side of amazon so i managed to see it legit as well because i will pay for that because it's alfred uh so there you go and i can't wait yeah season two i'm there right and lois lane is here Bitsy Tulloch, one of my favourite TV actresses, huge fan of hers from Grimm, has confirmed shooting has begun for Superman and Lois and main photography will begin next week. Up, up and away, Brad. Yes, uh, we may not have movie theaters to go to like we did, but TV is still alive and kicking. So we're going to need new shows and I am glad that this production has started up again too. This is this is another bit of great news. Um, I, I, I I was so curious about the show. We've talked about certain you know certain elements, the the sons and Lana Lang and all the different love triangles that are going to be involved. And I, I'm so intrigued about this show. So the sooner I get to see it, the happier I'll be. So yeah, I'm glad uh, production's moving forward. What do you think? 
I think it sounds super. I'm sorry. I'll stop. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm really, really excited. As I, said, I love Bitsy Tulloch. I think she's fantastic. I think she's inspired casting as Lois Lane because she can do sensitive, she can do smart, she can do funny, and she can do do not mess with me or you will be in deep doo-doo. And I'm not talking about my boyfriend in the blue and red. I'm talking about mess with me. Um, you'll wish you hadn't. Uh, she, she's a terrific actress. And the whole Suns thing, two of them. So we're getting the Sun from Superman Returns and the Sun from the comic books has just got me really, really happy. Do I want to see another Superman Lois Lana Love Triangle? Honestly, no. It's been done to death over the last 80 years. But if they can do it in a clever way where it's not really a love triangle, but they're trying to stop their kids being in one, then, yeah, I'm all in. CW does superhero soap better than anyone out there that that's what their success is they've managed to make it feel like a comic book but with the draw the storylines the intrigue the drama and the characterization of the best and baddest soaps um so yeah i'm all in i want to see lois i want to see clark and i want to see what happens with cara when her series ends which was quite sad news but maybe she'll have uh, more of a part to play on this show as that moves forward so hmm, let's wait and see um, one thing, though, I think the whole universe will agree with, including you, my friend, is that Mark Hamill is beyond awesome. He is a god amongst men and a legend. And when he comes out and plays tribute to it, it breaks my heart that Arlene Sorkin is so often forgotten. The people always say, oh, Tara Strong's the original Harley Quinn. She is not. Arlene Sorkin's the original Harley Quinn. The character was based around her turning up in a Harley Quinn outfit and the voice, the role, she's the one who made it and everyone has ridden her coattails. Thank you, Mark, for paying tribute to the original Harley Quinn, Arlene Sorkin. What did you make of this heartwarming little story, mate? Yeah, Mark Hamill is just such a great dude and his Twitter feed is a delight. Um, and it is just amazing, you know, I, until I read his tweet, it's just, I, I didn't realize that this character was, like, she kind of basically kind of created it. Uh, it was originally just head wench, and now she went to create the one of the most iconic comic characters ever, and, and especially probably in the last, you know, what came out in, you know, the, the 90s, so 30 yeah. years. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that she, definitely one of the most iconic comic characters in that time range for sure. And like you said, they just riding on her coattails. Like you know, not too many people know what she brought to the character, and it's good that he brought attention to that. And uh, you know, she deserves that recognition because it is such an important character. So yeah, good for him and good for her. What would you think? Yeah. I could not agree more. I'm a huge fan of hers. I mean, have you ever seen a Sylvester Stallone film called Oscar? Yes, but it's been it's been a while. Um, she she was, plays. She yeah, she plays the gangster's mm. mall in that, and she is Harley. Listen to her voice. She's only got like two scenes, but when she speaks, it's the Harley from Batman the Animated Series, and that's the first thing I actually saw her in. So I actually did think. I know this voice. I know this accent and that whole Brooklyn drawl and that whole characterization has stood the test of time. I mean, Tara Strong is a legend. She's played Harley more than anybody else. I mean, the fact she only started, this is going to blow your mind. Tara Strong only began playing Harley five years ago in 2015. Oh, that's crazy. Hey there, DC fans. Just a quick editor's note. Uh, Tara Strong actually started playing the role of Harley Quinn in 2011, starting with Arkham City, the video game. All right, back to you guys. Yeah, and she's played the character her with that character. close to 40 times. Yeah. <laughs> in those five yeah. Yeah. That's why a lot of people think that she was the first, but she's not. She's fantastic, and I adore her, and I've met her and spoken to her so many times, but like you said mark hamill's twitter feed is magic the man is magic and the way he is a superstar and a legend and one of the most beloved people in in the industry but he still has time to remember people who haven't been perhaps as successful but who are every bit as important is just one of the many reasons he's so loved i mean i think the guy's awesome it's brilliant when things like that happen 
really happy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And speaking of heroes, Grunt Gustin, the fastest man alive. The CW's Flash says he would definitely be open to playing another superhero if and when his time as Barry Allen comes to an end. What do you make of this story? Good, good. Uh, I'd love to see him play, you know, another character. Um, I'm glad that his experience not only is part of the Flash, but in kind of the comic con comic fan community has been has been a good one so yeah i mean i don't see why why they wouldn't want him to come back in some level so yeah i, I hope he can i hope he can maintain that what do you think it's great to see in a time when a lot of actors are so um how do you put it in a nice way possibly full of themselves that they step away from the roles that are made them famous and made them well known because they don't want to be typecast and some of them have great success but others then literally disappear and that's really really sad and it's nice to see that Grant Gustin knows that The Flash is what made him a household name even though he was fantastic in shows like Glee beforehand that he's more than open to playing a different one and carry on following that path and good for him because if that works and if it keeps you in steady work and in employment then brilliant i just think that's smart that's using your noodle positively and um hey if you're good at something do it so yeah brilliant news i'm very happy about that um i wasn't too enamored of the most recent season of flash and hartley sawyer's uh, behavior off the screen has uh, upset me because i love uh, ralph dibney so much but um the yeah. fact that flash is still going and he's prepared to go even after it, it it may cease it's good news i think yes yeah definitely so that's our movie and tv news done what we're gonna do is brad and i we're gonna crack open a bottle of something refreshing to relax our vocal cords pay some bills and let you lovely listeners learn about some of the other great shows you can listen to here are the ads we shall return this is seth singleton from dc comics news here to tell you about the spinner rack each and every week dc comics publishes so many great books it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the night. Hello listeners, this is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Book, a Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? 
What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Gogur. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nards. I definitely do not in need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f with Lois Lane. For fuck's sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. F***ers. And we're back. We've talked movies and TV. This is the DC Comics News Podcast, episode 90. 10 away from the triple digit mark where we're going to be doing something super spectacular. I hope. Please, Josh. So now we're going to talk about the source material. The thing that started it all the comics brad did you lose your mind as much as i did when you saw the future states of dc being revealed and the big things that are happening in january and february 2021 oh brad talk to me yes it is a lot to take in just in a matter of how many issues they're going to try to get out uh associated with this project and man uh, I love it, but I just don't know if I'm going to be able to keep up. Um, there's just so much, <laughs> but I, I'm really, I really, um, I, you know, I, I love how I love when things come together and you can see the breadcrumbs that were left, you know, that you may have picked up on, may not have in past stories. And I hope I see a lot of this in this as well as really cool hints to what's to come. Um, the Batman stuff looks amazing. I, I cannot wait to read what John Ridley has in store. Just there's so much, so much cool stuff in this. And I, you know, I have to actually sit down and really look this over to come up with like a checklist of the ones that I actually want to pick up and not wait until they get collected. Um, so yeah, this is going to be a a wild ride and hopefully status quo changing for the uh for the future of the dc universe so what was your take oh i'm in complete agreement my friend as always the hive mind is powerful and strong i mean just those covers blew my mind and then when you look at the talent involved in these books uh john ridley of course being one of them and Obviously, you know me, I, I love everything DC, but my main point of focus is Batman and the Batman family. When I see John Ridley attached to a brand new Batman and his face is completely covered, so you don't know who he is, um, please, God, let it be Luke Fox. A whole new Justice League, a whole new Suicide Squad with Batman, Wonder Woman and Superman as part of it. Um, I can't help but get excited. And then we get Dark Detective, where we see a Bruce Wayne who... It was presumed dead, but like I've always said, if you don't kill him, run, he will come back. Uh, so we're going to have two Batmen, Batmans, Batpersons of cape-like varieties running around. Uh, color me excited. Take my money. Who do I have to kill? How many banks do I have to rob? Please give me a winning lottery number. Yeah, because Bradley, the only thing stopping us <laughs> both, I think, is our income. Because um, so many good books. And um, why has Wonder Woman... A, got a white streak when she's virtually immortal. I mean, Hippolyta was around for thousands of years. And why does she have a Green Lantern ring around her neck? And why does she have Batman's utility belt? Um, what the actual hell? Um, I am so invested. I mean, did you spot all that stuff? I wish that we had another fandom that they could have a panel <laughs> this, yes. about this to help to help me out here on like you're saying you know the green lantern ring around her neck and the white streak you give me some hits guys so i know what i have to pick up and what i can wait on and you know right. i might just have to i just might have to dive in and 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 pick up everything but i'm sure we'll hear more clarifying news but man yeah this is uh, i i am 
definitely, definitely intrigued by by what I'm seeing for sure. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the writing talent and, and the Batman family and, and everything else. I mean, Superman titles, Kara Zor-El, Superwoman, finally. Um, yeah, that blew yeah. my mind as well. Amazing. And I literally last week reviewed the latest issue of Detective Comics, and I said, well, it's about time we saw more Nicholas Scott art inside a comic i mean her covers are fantastic but it was great great seeing her draw the inside of comic and now she'll be drawing the future state nightwing books dude are you a nicholas scott fan yeah yeah and i'm sure more for art will become memes after after her take on nightwing uh yeah she she yeah she is is amazing it's almost to me in a way the modern nightwing if you had like an artist that you associate with that character more than anyone it's her so i uh, you know I, I i'm glad to see that that she's returning to the character for sure yeah absolutely i think uh once again i think we're definitely in for a treat and it's a great time to be a dc fan you know so, sometimes i so focus so much on the writing of the stories um that i don't comment enough about the art but yeah her art really uh really blows me away I mean that that Dick Grayson cover. Um, so many fans lost their freaking minds when um, she'd done it already with with Action Comics with all the iterations of Superman, then with uh, Detective Comics uh, 1000 with all the iterations of Batman. But then when she did Nightwing, she had to have the main uh, black and blue Nightwing, but facing away from us to give Jimmy and Juan their time in the spotlight. So. <laughs> I know for a fact that most Nightwing fans are going to be clamoring for her drawing uh, 20 odd pages of Nightwing inside the book. I mean, yeah, she's a phenomenal artist. Really, really good. And she's not just about the, the power of a cover. If you saw Detective Comics 1028, um, her storytelling is, is and draftsmanship is, is superb, too. So... Uh, what can I say? As a Nightwing fan, um, Dick Grayson is back in a big way, and with Nicholas Scott drawing him, we exciting. And um, something else that's ex- exciting is Red X, who's very red exciting. Even though this article got it drastically wrong and said he debuted in Teen Titans Go, he didn't. It was Teen Titans, the animated series that came before Teen Titans Go, but I'll let that slide. Um, He's going to be making his comic book debut. What? Who? Where? Why? When? Brad? Now, I, 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 I kind of figured seeing pictures of the character that uh, it's a little too dark for Teen Titans Go. So, but yeah, I'm I'm not super familiar with the character, but I really do love it when a character is popular enough, or whatever the case may be, that they see fit to bring him into the regular comic series. And we talked about Harley Quinn earlier, and she's the perfect example of that. And uh, I just really like to see those characters become part of the DC universe proper in the comics. So, yeah, this should be interesting. And I, I find it, you know, that um, what you know that it turned out that in the in the Teen Titans animated series, he was Dick Grayson in disguise trying to infiltrate a group and then there was the character came back again and we were never certain who it was i guess i guess we never found out so i'm wondering yeah so that's some really cool storytelling possibilities that they kind of can do certain things like that with the identity of keeping it a mystery and then having some kind of big reveal um yeah so i i think that's cool i think that'll be a cool little part of this um future state series that we've series that we're going to be uh going to be getting so what do you think? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I know there isn't enough time in the day as well, but if, if you can, try and pick up the original Teen Titans animated series because it's phenomenal. And, yeah, um, Dick Grayson took on a completely different alter ego of Red X to try and infiltrate a team of baddies, and he was incredible because he did some really shady stuff to keep his cover under guard but then when he resumed being robin again and the other red x turned up fans were left like what the hey where why who what 
And some of us were thinking, well, did Robin do all the stuff that we thought was shady? Or was that the other Red X guy? And he's been mentioned a couple of times in the comics, but never seen. And the fact that we're actually getting him and he's there front and centre behind Wonder Woman on a cover. Oh, yeah, really exciting. I mean, we know that uh, characters that appear in TV shows first. I mean, we've spoken about one already, Holly Quinn, but Renee Montoya um and others who have appeared on the shows first have become real big names in the comics and oh let's see what happens with red x i'm very red excited <laughs> so sorry i i'm in a punny <laughs> mood today <laughs> well you know, like me. <laughs> you know me well and that's the end of our comic book news but we do have one little item of what we lovingly call other news now are you a fan of Insight Editions, Brad? Yes. So yes. when when we see that the guy who co-wrote Batman the Definitive History, my book of the year for 2019, is writing another book for them. And the last book I had was the Phantom City Creative uh, book, which is where Insight teamed up with Mondo, who two companies that produce beautiful stuff. Now we're getting insight teaming up with sideshow to produce an art book i'm drooling what about you yeah uh you know when i think toys or collectibles uh one of the first things that pops into my mind when i think quality is mcfarland toys and the second is sideshow i mean the the dedication and the work and the love that goes into these statues and, and replicas is just absolutely incredible. And when I think of great companies that make books that are pieces of art in themselves, I think of uh, of Insight Editions. And the fact that those two are coming together it seems like a match made in heaven. Um, th- this this book should be on the top of everybody's christmas list i'm not sure when if i missed when it was coming out or not but this is just something that fans are gonna gonna love and i think that a lot of people are gonna think that it's gonna be a must-have because yeah like i said those two companies are incredible on their own combining it's gonna blow us all away you could not have said it it's like you took the words directly out of my brain pan um insight editions gorgeous stuff social collectibles gorgeous stuff put the two together it's just magic and andrew farago is a terrific writer i mean the fact he's a curator of a museum for Christ's sake he's a guy who knows his stuff i mean anyone who's read uh, batman the definitive uh, history knows the amount of research and interviews and painstaking time blood sweat and tears he put into that book and now he's going to go crazy with like you said along with mcfarland toys the biggest purveyor of really cool dc stuff that isn't just comics i mean they do stuff too they do really uh, rare um hard to find comics signed ones uh, foil embossed metallic you name it stamps coins statues figures action figures uh, art prints what these guys do is fantastic and then teamed up in book form i mean every single inside editions dc edition that has made i own a copy of and i proudly have them on display in my living room on the coffee table um where, whenever i can um the last one fantasy creative is just a work of art it was gorgeous i mean anything that celebrates batman the animated series in full-size poster form gets my vote and now this dude yeah. like you said please um anyone who can read the future who could send me the winning lottery numbers care of dc comics news or at l steve on twitter please uh forward them on i'll share them with brad and seth and kelly kendra josh and the rest of the gang and we can buy comics books tv shows and movies for the rest <laughs> of time um that's about sounds it. good to me <laughs> yes let's do it let's let's, let's start a, an international lottery syndicate because that way um we might have a chance. You've got, you've got to be in it to win it, haven't you, Brad? If you don't play the numbers, right. you can't yeah. win the numbers. Yeah, like my dad used to say, you can't win if you don't play. There you go. Such is life. 
Right, that's been episode 90 of the DC Comics News Podcast. Thanks for joining us. With me has been the incomparable, the inimitable, the indubitable and improbable Brad Felicki. Brad, where can the multiverse find your writing and hear more of your dulcet tones, sir? You can find me writing news reviews at dccomicsnews.com. You can also find me on the Mad Love Harley Quincast, also part of the DC Comics News podcast network and you can follow me on twitter at flicky b1 and where can people find you steve um i try to be on this wonderful show as often as i possibly can i'm an infrequent guest on mad love too but one thing i am always doing is the, the uh, i am the night podcast celebrating batman the animated series every single week with my son and or a guest star when he is unable to join me and they're all part of this wonderful network which you can catch on stitcher apple podcasts spotify and google play and wherever else you may find your podcasts grab these amazing shows they are so much fun it's criminal as for dc comics news and our sister site dark knight news uh, which is more batman related catch us all on facebook twitter tumblr youtube and instagram and you'll get all manner of dc related goodness uh, do like the show follow us subscribe rate us review us tell your friends tell all your friends and we will keep doing this every single week for your listening pleasure uh, but until the next time there's something everyone out there really needs to do what is that brad read more comics if you've got the money we'll be back <laughs>